Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. If I were to ask you, what is the greatest weapon that someone could use against you? And I when I thought about that question, the first thing that came to my mind, of course, was a gun. I mean, that would scare me, you know, someone pulled out a gun. Then I thought about, well, if they didn't have a gun, a knife would be pretty scary. And then I thought, you know, if Rhonda wanted to use something against me, I thought about uh, antifreeze for some reason. <laughs> so... I don't drink Mountain Dew. <laughs> Just gave some people some ideas. But, you know, poison, or I was thinking, you know, maybe slander could be that, or being falsely accused would be a weapon that people could use against you. And then I got to thinking about spiritually, what's the greatest weapon that the enemy of our soul, the devil, could use against us? And you know what I thought was this, is that it's, it really is the same weapon that people could use or that we could use. The greatest weapon that the devil can use or people can use is fear. It's the greatest weapon that anybody can use against you. And the devil knows that, that his, 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 uh, his upper hand in your life is fear. When he can make you afraid, then he's got you. Because you'll make dumb decisions when you're afraid, right? You, when we're scared, we do crazy stuff, right? I mean, like one time, I, I didn't tell the other services, but you're special. So uh, my sister was dating a guy. And uh, he was hot. We come in the, our back door in the kitchen, and there was a refrigerator right there. And he come in the back door, or I come in the back door, and he jumped out that, beside that refrigerator in the dark, and he yelled at me. Well, I, my initial thing was like this, right? I just went, hit him right in the nose. <laughs> a great victory happened that night. <laughs> we got rid of another one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it just was reflex. And so I want to tell you, the devil gets, tries to do that with fear to us. And so we're going to learn today how to, do, how to overcome that. So I want to read you the prayer of Jabez again. And uh, the, we're going to talk about the third part of this prayer. He says, now, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. In other words, she gave him the name pain. That's what his name becomes. Jabez means pain. And then the next thing we hear about Jabez is that he's grown up, and now he's praying this prayer. Look at the prayer he prays. And Jabez called out on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Everybody read what's underlined with me. Ready? That your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. Let's read the last part. So God granted him what he requested. And that's why we're praying this prayer. It's because this prayer is one that God answers. And we're believing that God's going to bless us indeed, show his favor. We believe he's going to enlarge our territory, give us more opportunities. And we believe that God is going to, hands is going to be with us. And so that's what I want to lean in on today. And so the, the phrase that I want us to remember as we're going to say over and over today is that phrase about his hand being with us. It's coming up on the screen now. So if you could just say it with me now. Let's say it. You ready? Lord, let your hand be with me. Say it again. You ready? Lord, let your hand be with me. That's, it. that's our prayer. Lord, let your hand be with me. Because when God is near, there is no fear. And so today I want to talk to you about how to receive courage. Because we're in a, we're in a society now that is absolutely consumed with anxiety and fear. 
and, it, and, it, and it's affecting our lives in great ways. And so I want to give you some, some things from the Scripture today that will help that. And so here we go. Number one, the first thing, if you want to receive courage, is this. Would you write this down? Is become aware of God's presence. Become aware of God's presence. Become aware of God's presence. Look what the Bible says in Isaiah 40 and 10. Would you read with me those first three words out loud? Let's read them. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Now look at the next five words. He gives you the why. Here it is. Let's read them. Ready? For I am with you. God says, don't be afraid because I'm with you. He didn't just stop there. Then he says, look at the next uh, three words. Let's read them. You ready? Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Hear that. Some of you are fearful and some of you are discouraged today. And then again, he gives us the why. Here he goes. For I am your God. See that? For I am your God. Look what he says. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. God makes a promise here that he's not going to leave you, that he's going to be with you. Now, I, when I was thinking about this week, it took me back to a moment last summer. Rhonda and I actually took Pastor Chesney, who was up here, our family ministries pastor, and her husband, Danny, was one of the uh, singers that was standing about right here today. They have a son by the name of Drew. And Rhonda and I took him to the park last uh, summer. And we were doing that. You know, he calls me PJ. And so I'm running around all over with him. And we're having a ball until these other kids come up. These other kids were a little older. And they were a little more cooler than I was. And so he ditched me. All I know is we're playing very hard. We're playing, you know. I'm running up and down uh, the uh, play sets with him. I mean, I'm doing all this crazy stuff that you're supposed to do. And then all of a sudden, these other kids come up, and they start talking in another language that I can't understand. They start, they start saying something about Bowser, Luigi, uh, you know, Mario. And then they have some bad brothers. They call them Smash Brothers. I was like, what are you guys talking about? And so I was not into the video game, so that's the language that they were talking and so I began to just back off and let him play with them. And I just went back over with Rhonda and we watched them play. And so we were playing on the smaller play set, but the bigger kids wanted to go on the bigger stuff. And so sure enough, they started, you know, going on the bigger play set and we was watching them. And Drew would go to go up the slide and he'd start up the steps and he'd get about halfway and he'd just stop. And Rhonda said, Jeff, you need to go, go get him, Jeff. I'm like, no, just, it'll be, just chill. You know, it'll be okay. And, and sure, then he'd come back down. He wouldn't go up. And the other kids would come back over. They'd run up those steps and go down the slide. And Drew would start up, and he'd go about halfway up. And, and Rhonda took her elbow and said, go get him. I went, oh, yes. So I went over there, and I said, Drew, what's, why don't you go on up the stairs? He looked at me, and he said, PJ, I'm scared. And when he did, I said, son, you don't have to be, a, you don't have to be a scared and I walked up, I got up behind him on, on the steps. I put my arms beside him and my legs were behind him. I was just covering him. I didn't touch him. And I said, Drew, son, you don't have to be, a, uh, be scared because I'm with you. And I'm going to go up this slide with you. And I'm going to go down the slide with you. He said, okay, PJ. And he climbed all the way up those steps by himself because he knew that my presence was with him. See what I'm talking about? I didn't touch him. But he just saw my arms and he felt my presence. It was my presence that gave him the power to do what something in his mind told him he could not do. I want to tell you today 
that you're here today and there's something that you're facing right now and the enemy of your soul or somebody has paralyzed you and told you you can't move, but God Almighty is standing right beside you and saying, I'm right here. I've got you covered, baby, and you're going to be all right. Amen? That's the presence of God. He does for you what you can't do for yourself. It's a power. It's not that what he's touching you. It's just knowing that he's there and he's got your back. And that's exactly the way Drew felt. Look what the Bible says. James 4 and 8. I love this passage. It says this. He says, come close to God and God will what? He'll come close to you. He goes on and finishes his passage. He says, wash your hands, you sinner. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So what is he saying? He's saying, when you come close to me, you're choosing me over the world. And it's hard. you can never choose the world and be close to God. But when you choose me, you come close to me. It reminds me of a story that I read of a, of a, a farmer who was driving his truck. You know, and, and those farm trucks, they, have, they don't have the console in the middle. They have a bench seat, like a, like a sofa in a truck, you know. And so he was driving, and his wife was riding with him. And she looked over him as they was driving uh, across the dirt road. She says, honey, you know, back when we were younger, she said, when we drove down these dirt roads, we cuddled up together. He looked at her and said, honey, I haven't moved. Mmm. Mmm. I haven't moved, baby. Some of you, I want to ask you, are you close to God? Are you close to God? You know what God's saying? I haven't moved. I'm still right here. And you're as close to God as you want to be. So why don't today, why don't you just choose today just to slide on over and let the Holy Spirit of God begin to move inside of you and you feel that presence that gives you the power to make your move. Amen? Amen. That's what I'm talking about today. And that's what God wants to do inside of you. And here, listen, if you're not a Christ follower today, you don't have anybody hovering over you. you. You don't have any help. You don't have any hope. But today, if you can accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you will have help and you will have hope and you will have power you never even dreamed about. And he will do things for you that you can't do for yourself. And he's bigger than you and he's bigger than anybody. And he's bigger than any problem. And today, I would just suggest that you take my best friend, my Savior, my Lord, and you make him your Savior and your, your Lord today and let him just change your life. Amen. Let him change you. And so today you say, well, pastor, I'd love to do that, but I don't even know how to do that. We got a prayer written right here for you. The, there's no magic in the prayer. The magic is in the heart when you pray it. When you begin to pray this with faith and you mean it from your heart, God moves in your life. So I want to challenge you to pray that prayer to become a Christ follower. Now, when you do, we just ask you to check the back of this card. The next step is I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you. And people do it every week in this auditorium. People give their life to Jesus Christ, and that's why we do it every week. Amen, everybody? Amen. All right, so remember, now remember what we're saying, that word, of the, the phrase of the prayer of Jabez is coming up on the screen again. Let's say it one more time. Here it comes. You ready? Let's say it. Lord, let your hand be with me. Let it be with me. That I can have courage, that I won't be in fear, Lord. I know that you're around me and you got me. The second thing I would tell you to do if you want to receive courage is this, is ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It's God's Spirit. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says this. Here we go. Ephesians 5 and 18. 
He says, don't be drunk with what? Wine. See, some of you want liquid courage. Okay. All right. Never mind. Oh, yeah. That's right. I know you. Oh, yeah. You become brave. You get that in you, right? Hey, I'll tell you, I'll take you down, boy. You don't know my background. I, I know all about that. All right. Read my book and you'll get a little of that. Here we go. He says, okay, don't be drunk wine because that will what? Amen, everybody. Amen. I'll tell you what, you can get on a Rocky Mountain high and it just mess you up. <laughs> All right, because it'll ruin your life. What's that next word? Instead, instead, instead be filled with what? The Holy Spirit. Would you agree with me? Would you agree with me that when a person is drunk or high, that they either become a lover or a what? Fighter. fighter. That's right. Lover or fighter. Now you say, well, what's wrong when they become a lover? Well, I, they cause a fight because they start loving on everybody, the wrong people, right? <laughs> That's right. They don't see a ring anymore, right? Hey, come here, baby. Let me love on you. Come here. Come here. Shoot. Come here. Let me. That's right. It doesn't. Yeah, right. You guys looking at me like you don't know it. You know what I'm talking about. Don't you act so innocent. Yeah, right. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. Uh -huh, everybody, right? And, and, and so, so what I'm trying to say, the Bible says this. He says, instead, don't be drunk on wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because if you don't, if you don't get filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be filled with your own spirit. And let me tell you something. Every one of us in this room have bad desires. We want things that are not right. We know that. We have bad selfish desires. And, and the Bible goes over that. Listen to what the Bible says some of them are. Look what he says in Galatians 5 and 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, everyone has had that sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Okay? Now look what he says next. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone, what's the next word? Living. Living. Okay, what does that mean? That doesn't mean those are, we're all tempted with some of these, but it doesn't mean that he says the one that's living, one says, I don't care what God says. I'm going to do this anyways. I'm just going to do it. I don't care what God says. That means living, okay? He says anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Not in, now, let's just be honest. Okay, look at me just a second, all right? Let's be honest. In that list of things that I just read, there's something in that list that you are drawn to. Your natural desire is drawn to. Everybody in this room. So don't be putting your halo on right now. Amen. Every one of us, every one of us in this room have those natural desires that draw us toward those selfish desires that are sinful and that are not right. Everyone has to have those. So, and some of those, you listen, and there's some of us has got more than one thing in that list that we struggle with. All right, let's just be honest about that. And so he says, instead, you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit to keep you away from that. And so uh, I, would, I, would, would you be honest and say this with me? Would you agree with this? That when we give in to those things that we struggle with like that, the Bible says sinful, that would you agree with me that our life becomes more stressful, more anxious, and we have more to worry about? Would you agree with that? That's right. And we be more to, And so what I would say to you is it makes our life more complicated. Sin makes our lives a lot more complicated. Do you agree with that? 
And so the Bible says be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, look what happens when you have the Holy Spirit. What comes as a result of that? Not more stress, not more anxiety, not more worry, and not more complications. He says this. Look what it says in Galatians 5.22. But the fruit, uh, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Let's read it together. You ready? There's nine of them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, dear God, I need self-control, don't you? I mean, I need all the st- I need all of that stuff, but more than anything, I need self-control because there's sometimes I want to hit some folks. I mean, just let's be honest. Don't you? You feel that way sometimes. I mean, there's somebody, you just want to say, listen, let me just shut you up. You know, put the shut to the up, right? Don't, don't you want to just tell some people that? And there's something, listen, it's easier to control my hands about hitting somebody than my tongue. I, sometimes I just want to lay some folks out with my tongue, don't you? Like, listen, I've heard enough of your junk. Let me just tell you a minute. Cussing me. Let me, let me show you how to cuss. Did you ever feel that way? I know I'm revealing something that you probably, you're probably like, man, you're a pastor. Well, I still have those feelings. I do. I don't do it because of the Holy Spirit, and that's the only reason. If you take the God out of me, I'm a bad man. Amen. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm a bad man. I, I, I would be, I'd be in, I know I would be in jail. I would be locked up. I would probably be dead by now if it wasn't for God. I'm telling you, the only good you see right here is God, and that's it. Every time you see me stand up and I'm not in jail, you go, God, you go, God, right? Same with you. Same with I know you. I, I know if it hadn't been for God, you'd been arrested in jail. You'd been divorced by now. You, your kids would be gone because you wouldn't put up with it. But the Holy Spirit has helped you. Helped you. Watch this. I want to show you something. Oh, I just love teaching you so much. I couldn't wait. I almost called you at 3 a.m. this morning. Do you realize that when God created the human being, man, God took dirt. I mean, men are just dirt. That's all we are. We're just dirty men. Dirt. God took dirt and he formed it, right, into a body. And then God did something to make that dirt come alive, is that he breathed into that nostrils. He breathed into that form, and all of a sudden, Adam shook off the dirt, and he became a living being, right? It's amazing. It was the breath of God that brought the life to mankind, right? And right now, you and I are alive because we're receiving that breath. You agree with that? Before Jesus went to heaven... He had some followers around him, and he did something that was sort of crazy. The Bible said that he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, when God sent the Holy Spirit, that there was a, a sound of a rushing mighty wind, that God sent another breath down and filled the people there. What I'm trying to tell you today is that you need God's breath. And so you need the Holy Spirit. You say, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? I tell you, ask him for it. You say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And see, some people say, well, I was filled with the Spirit back, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. If you only got it one time, you're, you're empty by now. <laughs> you need to be filled every day with the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, this is what I want to help you with, is that because we're in a culture of anxiety and stress, the number one thing when someone's having a panic attack is that you will see them, you know, you ever seen them grab a paper bag and put it over their mouth and say, breathe. 
Because here's what happens. Psychologists will tell you that, that in order to, to calm yourself down when you're facing fear or anxiety is to take deep breaths. When you begin to take slow, deep breaths in and you blow it out, it brings down your heart rate. It brings down every, every anxiety. It begins to settle down. And so here's what I've discovered. And this is a discovery of mine. It may help you. It, help, it helps me. It may help you. It's that every morning I, I begin praying like this, Lord, I, need to, I want you to fill me with your Holy Spirit today. And so I just sit down and take about one minute, and this is what I do. That passage of Scripture you have right there, the fruit of the Spirit, I say this. I say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I breathe, I breathe in love right now, God. Take that deep breath and let it out. And I say, God, today I want you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. I breathe in joy right now. Lord, I, I want your Holy Spirit to fill me today. So, Lord, I breathe in peace right now. I am going to be at peace. And I go through all the nine fruits of the Spirit. It takes me about one minute. But you know what that does, those deep breaths do? They calm me down. And it lets me set my day focused. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. I don't have to just do that one time a day. I have to do it many times a day. Because when things get a little disturbing in my life sometimes... I never know what the next phone call is going to be or the text message is going to come in just like you. I never know. And sometimes it can make me a little apprehensive and a little anxious. And when I do, when I start to have those moments, I say, whoa, 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 Holy Spirit, fill me. Right now, I'm going to take nine good Spirit-filled breaths. I breathe in love right now and let it out. And I want to challenge you. This is something that will calm you. And the Bible says, listen, the Bible says when you keep your mind on God, he'll keep you in perfect peace. And so why not breathe him in? If, listen, if he gave the breath of life to Adam and he gave, Jesus breathed on him and said, Fill the Holy, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why not right now, why don't you just take some breaths of God every once in a while throughout your day? Listen, when somebody, when your boss is on you and you, do, you can't please them, why don't you just step outside in the break room just a minute and say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit, oh God, because if you don't, I'm going to kill them. Right? You don't talk to God that way. Get it out and breathe in love, right? And begin to watch what God does. I challenge you. So I have a next step for you. Here it is. The next step on the back of your connection card says, I will do my best to reduce my fear by taking nine Holy Spirit-filling breaths. I I double-dog dare you to do it. I triple-dog dare you to do it. Why? Because it's going to change your life. When you stop letting your fear take over your mind and you let the Spirit of God take over your mind, He's going to take you up. He's going to take you up. See, fear has been messing you up, and God's going to take you up. See, he's going, when you begin to do that, you're going to see his arms right around you on that ladder, and he's going to help you go up that slide. That's what the Holy Spirit's going to do for you. Amen, everybody? Amen. All right, so let, let's say our, uh, our words again on the screen as part of Jabez's prayer. You ready? Come on, let's say it. Here we go. Lord, let your hand be with me. Let your hand be with me. The third thing I would say is this. The third thing to receive this courage is let love Give you the encourage to give you the courage to make your move. Let love give you the courage to make your move. Let love give you the courage to make your move. Look what the Bible says. You, man, you, I'm about to help you right here. This is so good. This is so good. Look what it says. First John 4 and 18. He says, There is no fear in what? Love. There is no fear in love. Think about that. There is no fear in love. Now read what's underlined with me. Ready? But perfect love drives out fear. I know. Fear. When love is just right, it gets fear out of there. 
And so if we're, if we're full of fear, we, we're absent of love. There's something wrong with our love meter. If, if fear is gripping us and we're so anxious, we've got to check out the love meter. Quit trying to fight fear and just get more love. I'm about to help you here. Watch this. You see, when fear, when, when love is greater than fear, you make a move. Now, there's a picture of this uh, animal coming up here. What would you call that animal right there? <laughs> what would you call it? A lion? Cougar? What would you call it? Okay, so anyway, a mountain lion. We'll just settle with that. A mountain lion. If this mountain lion hopped in your yard and you was outside, what would you do? Heck, I'm out of there, right? I'm running, baby. Uh-uh. I'm going to show you how fast I can go. That's right. Uh-uh. Where I'm getting out of there. Like, you're scared. Because fear would make me run, right? And fear would make you run. And I would run faster than you ever saw me. Matter of fact, if I was with you, I would say, I'll see you inside. Because <laughs> I'm going to outrun you. But what I want to tell you is, is that when love becomes greater than fear, you don't run anymore. Let me explain it to you. There was a lady by the name of Chelsea and her son, Zachary. Their picture's coming up. Zachary was in the backyard playing in Colorado in 2016. And one of those mountain lions come down and in their backyard and attacked Zachary. Chelsea was inside the house and she heard him scream. So she looked out the window and she could not believe it that that mountain lion had grabbed her son. He had his arm in his mouth and he was pulling him out of the yard. She ran out of her house. Love became greater than fear. Her love made her run out of that house. She ran and jumped on the back of that mountain lion, began to beat that mountain lion in the back because her love became greater than her fear. They wouldn't let her son go, so she took her hands and she put it in that mountain lion's mouth and she pried it as only a mother whose, whose love is greater than fear could do, pried that mouth open and, he, and let her boy's arm free and wrestled that mountain lion and he ran off out of her yard. Why? Because love became greater than fear. Love became greater than fear. Moms, you know what I'm talking about. When somebody messes with your baby, it doesn't matter if it's 6 foot 10, 300 pounds, does it? You don't make a mama mad, she will kill you. She will cut you down. She will hurt you. You better leave her baby alone, right? And I want to tell you, when love becomes greater than fear in your life, you make a move. You don't sit there. Normally a mountain lion, you're scared to death. But when love becomes greater, you will tackle a mountain lion. And I'm telling you in your life, in order for you to get beyond where you are, you're paralyzed by fear. But you've got to let love become greater than your fear that you can make a move. Look, look what he said. Look what he said. Look at the next verse. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear. So fear is not from God. So God not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? A power and of? That means that, listen, you're never going to know power until you know love. When love becomes greater than your fear, you make a move. You make a move. And the problem is today is that many people are sitting right here today. You're on the slide and you're paralyzed because you're scared. And the Holy Spirit of God is here today to tell you that I love you and that my love for you is greater than any fear. And when your love becomes greater than fear, you will move. You will not. See, when, I, when Drew 
when I was over Drew like this, it was just he trusted my love. He knew that I loved him and that I would not allow him to fall to his death. That's what he thought. You know, if I, I'm going to fall to my death. But my love, he trusted my love, and because he trusted my love, my love for him become greater than his fear. So today, here, listen. SEC, we're doing something as a church because we want our love to become greater than our fear. And so we're asking you to do a two or more group. Here, listen. I wrote a book for everybody. This book is for everybody. I've had people review it, and they're telling me now that, listen, they're going to give it to their friends or coworkers or whatever because this book will help anybody. I wrote a book, and we're released it now for this particular time because we're going to have two or more groups. And that means that there's people that you meet with every day for lunch at the break room uh, or, or, or at school, at the cafeteria, or there's once a week that you have soccer practice with your kids. You're, in, you're with the same people at least once a week. And we're asking you not to, don't, it won't take you any more time that you already have, but we're asking you, why don't you buy them a copy of the book and say, hey, let's talk about this. And then I'm going to, I'm doing a video uh, of these, I'm doing a video for seven weeks. I'll do a video. It's seven to 10 minutes that I'm going to help you talk about the things that are in this book. And I'm going to do a sermon every week that's going to help you talk about the things in this book because the title is Your Opportunity for a Better Life. And so we're going to help the people around us get an opportunity for a better life. In October, we're starting. And so we're having Friend Day. Friend Day, we're going to kick it off with Friend Day. And that's going to be October the 5th on a Saturday night. We're doing a Saturday night service. We're doing three Sunday morning service, and we're doing a Monday night service. Why? Because we said that we're going to let our love become greater than our fear. Amen. See, somebody's life is on the line. And you're scared to talk to them about spiritual things. You've listened to them talk about all their stuff, and you're scared. But let me tell you something. When love becomes greater than fear, you make your move. Amen. And God is calling SEC to make your move. And that's what Jesus called the great commandment, is to make your move. And look what he says. Jesus said this. Jesus said in the great commandment, would you read with me that, that, this underline? Let's read together. Jesus replied, let's read. Love the Lord your God. See that? Love the Lord. How do he want you to love? He wants you to love greatly. Look what he said. With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. In other words, let love become greater than your fear when you're thinking about God. Let love become greater than your fear. Then he said, then this is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Let's read what's online. You ready? Come on. Love your neighbor as yourself. When love becomes greater than fear, you make a move. There's some of you sitting right here today and that you're paralyzed in your situation. I don't know. I don't know if it's a situation of tough love to where somebody in your life that you got to say no more. You're not abusing me anymore. I'm not going to allow that anymore. In the name of Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm separating from this. You're not going to hurt me anymore. And then there's some of you sitting here today that there's a coworker or there's a person in your school or classroom. There's somebody that's sitting there that God's been putting on your heart that you need to talk to him about him and you've been scared. When love becomes greater than your fear, 
fear, you make a move. And then there's some of you here today that you need to make a move for yourself. There's some of you that need to be, go, you need to go to counseling. You know that. You need some help. And you need somebody to talk to. I'm telling you that when love becomes greater than your fear, you make a move. The Holy Spirit of God is here today to let you know that I am around you, that you can take another step up this slide. You can make it up this slide. And you're not going to fall down. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to lead you. And I'm going to protect you. I'm going to provide for you. That's what God is trying to say today. Is that I'm with you. That I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll go with you all the way to the end. So you can know that I love you. And because he loves you, I'm willing to take the risk with God. Are you willing to let the love of God motivate you to take the risk with God? Are you willing to do that? Would you stand with me? Listen, I have given you my soul today. I have prayed for you all week. I have asked God to do something in you. And there's many, you're sitting right here. And as I begin to talk, you know the move you need to make. Love has got to become greater than your fear in order for you to make a move. And if you don't make the move, you're going to be stuck in life. And God doesn't want you stuck. God wants you to move. He wants you to move and to know, I got you. It's going to be okay. Right now in your mind, you already know the move you need to make. You know. I can't make it for you. I can't make it for you, but the Holy Spirit of God is here to embrace you and say, we got this. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.